Hello, Amy Santiago here with the Things Teachers Know podcast. This is episode five, and it's a very special episode today because it is my first teacher interview. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Miss Weber, Miss Danielle Weber. She is a teacher, and she is going to share part of her story with us today and drop some insights into the teaching world. So I'm so excited to get started and share that interview with you. Today is March 5th that you're hearing it, and it is my official launch day. I'm so excited because in the beginning of the year, I decided that I would launch a podcast. I'd finally go ahead and do that, and my launch day would be Monday, March 5th, and I am on episode five already, so as this is launching and I'm trying to get more people to hear it, there are already five episodes and some bonus episodes to listen to, so If you haven't already, go back and listen, and if you could, subscribe, leave a star rating, leave a review. Um, That is incredibly helpful to a brand new little baby podcast. Thank you so much. Before I let you listen to this interview, I just want to let you know that it is a phone interview, so that's what it will sound like. It will sound like two people talking over the phone, and right now, that's the resource I have available to me is that I'm able to record phone interviews. And I was thinking about it. And one thing that teachers know definitely is they make good use of the resources that are available to them. And right now that's the resource I have available to me. And I was thinking about you and how maybe you have a project or something in mind that you want to get started on, but your resources and ability to do that aren't perfect yet. Um, just take a line from the teacher's playbook and use the resources that are available to you to the best of your ability. And I hope that you take a chance and dive in and get started on what it is that you want to see accomplished in 2018. Um, That's something that definitely teachers know. So you're about to hear my interview with Miss Danielle Weber, and um, I hope that it's encouraging to you and that you are able to get something new out of her story. So dive in. Thank you so much for taking time out of this weekend. Is this a long weekend for you? Do you have Monday off, I assume? Uh, we had yesterday off, so we have a four-day oh, yeah. weekend. We had, oh, you have a four- yeah, yesterday and Monday. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, well, thank you so much for taking time out of this very precious time for you to chat with me. I really appreciate it. So I just wanted to start with um, your teaching story. Did you always know that you were going to be a teacher? Or how did you come uh, Yeah. Uh, first grade. I absolutely okay. adored my first grade teacher, Miss Chen. Um, Aww. There's just something about her that was just seemed so magical. And I was like, I want to do that too. And so yeah, ever since first grade, it's kind of been my plan. So um, in college, you had to take some introductory classes where they had you go observe and... Since I was so focused on it, I actually joined a concurrent program when I was in college, so I did my BA and my credential in four years. So we started yeah. out our freshman year with the intro to education classes and observation and participation hours, like 15 hours a week, 10 hours a week yeah. for like our our whole freshman year. And then 
sophomore year, and then junior and seniors actually looked at our student teaching. So it was it was a bit of a wild ride. It was a lot of work, and you know, it was taking what That's was normally five and a half, yeah. six years yes. of education, yes. pushing it into four. Yeah. So I did a lot of summer schools. <laughs> I did a yeah. lot of eighteen, twenty unit semesters, but um, yeah, oh it, it was. I mean, it was a great program for what I wanted because it was what I wanted to do and so you know paying for my education myself and kind of that angle of it like well great like you know you need to pay the same amount of tuition for you know above six units so if I can squeeze more in yeah it was yeah. It a wild ride <laughs> that sounds like it because that's very intense yeah it it took me yeah it didn't take me four years it took me closer to six to get through everything because there's so much required um, when you're becoming a teacher. And I, I also paid for it myself, which meant I had to work through it. But the thing that I think sometimes people don't understand about teaching is you have to, you know, practice being a teacher. So there's not really a lot of time during the day to no. have a job on yeah. top of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I worked. Yeah. I taught and I worked, or I went to school and I worked, and then my senior year is the only year that I didn't work. So I had 20 units, both fall and spring spring and in the spring I was doing my full student teaching so I was teaching student teaching during the day and then had three three-hour night classes <laughs> oh my so gosh. that was the only semester that I didn't work because I was you can't I said yeah. no my mom was like I don't think I'll, I would survive it so yeah we no. had to come up with a different plan but <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was crazy it was fun I mean I enjoyed it, it was a great program Definitely. So then you go into your interviewing process, which is really intense. It was 2008, so it was when there were not a lot of teaching jobs because of all of the layoffs and okay, yeah. budget cuts. So there wasn't – I interviewed a lot, and then there wasn't much. You know, I ended up not getting offered a job, so I ended up taking a long-term substitute position, um, a friend mm-hmm. of a friend's. Mom was the secretary at the school, and it was her daughter-in-law that was going out. So I was there from September to May as a long-term wow. sub, which was great. It was a great first yeah. learning year. Um, only a couple of years ago did I learn that you can request full pay after three months. Well, I had no idea because uh-huh. it was my first job out. So I was living on long-term sub pay, which is, you know, a yeah. set amount. And at that point, it was $120 a day. And I was just grateful to have a job and, like, to be doing what I wanted to be doing. And I had a great team that I was working with, and they were all, you know, more veteran teachers and very encouraging and very supportive and definitely took my, like, idealistic, fresh-out-of-the-gate self and let me be <laughs> idealistic while delicately like, answer the realities of public school education. So it was yes. great. It was a great first year. So from that job, were you, is that what led you into your next job? So the um, staff kind of shifted. The gal I was subbing for did not return. She decided to take the stay-at-home mom route, and some of the staffing shifted. And so I was in kindergarten. I subbed in kindergarten, and that position was, taken by a veteran teacher and it left a, a vacancy in second grade and through the interview process I was not hired which mm-hmm. was a punch in the stomach and very shocking yeah. because I had a really good relationship with the principal and 
He was very encouraging and very supportive, and absolutely, you've done a great job. We've loved how hard you've worked, like, and then to not get hired for that position was one kind of shocking because I had such a good rapport with him. Yeah. And then two, didn't discover that until end of May, beginning of June. Oh. And, you know, the the other thing that young teachers don't always realize is that there's a very kind of long and short window for applying for new jobs. Yes. And so starting that path, the beginning of middle of June, after, like, the shock of, like, wait, what? (laughs) What do you mean I have a job? Settled out, then it became the going, you know, submitting all of the applications and all of the resumes and Long story short, I ended up not getting hired anywhere that through that school year. So I took a year Mm -hmm. off and waitress because it was also, again, kind of that, like, life has to move on and bills have to be paid. So I waitressed for a year and then kind of happened to fall back into another situation. Ended up taking it after, you know, starting that, like, interview process again. And again, there just weren't many jobs. So I took the the long term sub with him was all set to start the school year a week two weeks into that sub position he called me into the office and said they need another teacher at a different school site obviously i know that you'd be fantastic and would be much happier with an actual contracted job like i think you should apply i've already called the principal and she's expecting a phone call from you it's like, okay. Oh, wow. So through that yeah. very long path, <laughs> I'm still <laughs> at this school that I took that position in. So it's a first grade. And I've been there for eight years now. So For eight years? And how long have you stayed in first grade or have you I have. I've, I've stayed in first grade the entire time. I wow. absolutely love so it. That's, it's, that is awesome when you can do that. Well, that's neat. And then you have these, you know, the team around you that are just so experienced, I'm sure you guys can, you know, bounce a lot of ideas off of each other. We're very great in the sense that all of our personalities are similar, but are different enough that between the three of us, it's a, it's a very good balance. We have a nice, a nice dynamic between the three of us, which I feel like is so key in teaching. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. It really is. It's a, it can be a team sport. I mean, it's very, I think what people think about teaching is you're kind of alone and you're, it's very individual. But what I see a lot happening, you know, in teaching right now is they're really trying to put good teams together that are working, right. you know, across the grade level, where I see even reading groups forming across a grade level rather than just right. across a classroom at times. So it's interesting in the way that they're using teachers you know, not as it used to be, I think, a more individual thing, but as a, a team to um, help a great level. I feel like that's uh, something that people don't, outside of education, don't understand, that if you don't right. have a good support system and you don't have those friendships and those relationships, it is a very lonely existence. It can, it can be. very yes. stressful and very overwhelming if you don't have people that you can, you know, bounce ideas off of and turn to for encouragement and support when you're struggling or, you know, can help you celebrate the little victories that you, (laughs) that you, exactly. I feel like it's very key to have the trust and the support and, and the love between your grade level partners or at least someone on campus that 
can be there in it with you. Yes, yes. I totally agree. And that's actually a really good segue into the next thing I was going to ask you was, um, when do you feel the most appreciated by your students and the families that you serve? Oh, that's that's a, a big one. Um, it's okay to say like Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like it just ebbs and flows. I feel like... You know, year to year, it's different. Each class is a different dynamic. Um, you know, some groups as a whole just seem more appreciative. I don't. I don't know. It's. I don't know. That's a, that's a hard question to answer. Um, yeah, but I think what people want to know. Yeah, I think you know, like Teacher Appreciation Week is coming up. You know, in the next couple of months mm-hmm. and things, or Valentine's Day just passed and. Christmas, and I think people really do want to say thank you to their teachers and want them to feel like they've, you know, been appreciated, but sometimes I think they just don't know how, and I think it's an individual thing. From teacher to teacher, it might change, but hearing from you what makes you feel appreciated might help, you know, I guess when the effort that's made is clearly intentional, so it's not something generic. So, for example, a few years ago, one of my room moms discovered that I had, like, an Amazon wish list. And so she went and bought a whole bunch of the classroom books that I had, like, wish listed for, like, my teacher appreciation gift. And, like, hadn't mentioned it, hadn't said anything. And she's like, oh, well, I I thought, you know, I just happened to be on Amazon and thought, you know, obviously if you wish listed them, you probably wanted them. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that is so thoughtful. (laughs) That is thoughtful. Yeah, that's very thoughtful. When that little extra effort is made of, like, I – I've noticed that you like Starbucks, or I've noticed that you don't like Starbucks. You drink tea, yes. so here's some tea yes. instead of, like, coffee or, you know, a few years ago, one of my absolute favorites was we were – it was kind of Valentine's Day overlapped with, like, a Healthy Schools Week thing that we were doing, and so we were, as a staff, really trying to pump up, like, what our favorite fruits and vegetables were and really having a conversation about – healthy foods and so um, my little grandstand was talking about berries and how berries are my favorite food and one of my little girls on for valentine's day brought me like one of those gallon tubs of berries from whole foods like is this for the class party like for the no it's for you <laughs> you know was the most shy quiet child like, oh, you yeah. are listening. You do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. feel like when they're, it's more intentional when it's. Yes. Yeah. I, I hear you or see you as a person. So here's something that I think you would enjoy. Oh, I no, guess. that is good. Really intentional and thoughtful. And so my second question that I'm asking everybody is, what do you wish people outside of education understood about teachers? Oh, man. But I feel like in, in the current state of things, that's such a doozy of a question. Um, that we, that our students become a part of our lives for a year. I mean, and, and not that it ends the day that, that they leave. You know, in my situation, I've been at the same school for eight years, so I've oh, seen yeah. these children, you know, and teaching yeah. first grade. I've watched them grow for years, and, you know, you don't, that doesn't, and when they leave your country, but 
you know, the children in your classroom become a part of your life for that whole school year that teachers get into education because they want to help children. Um, yeah. should be a team effort. Like, I'm here to educate your child. You're at home to love and raise your child. And, like, we should be working together to achieve this goal of making a fantastic human. Yeah, I love that idea that it's a team, you know, a team effort between you and the parents and that you want that too. That's really good. So what's a skill that you use in the classroom that has been beneficial to you outside the classroom? Well, I don't have any personal children myself, but um, I would say my biggest either advice to parents or as my niece and nephew, never do for a child what they can do for themselves. As mm. painful mm-hmm. as it can be to wait <laughs> and to watch and to get five minutes behind on your schedule, children yeah. want to be independent. They want to grow and and show you all the things that they can do, but sometimes in the rush of life and even in the classroom, like, you just need to get things done. And sometimes I think we kind of steal that away from them. That is so good. And I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but this recording is going to come out in an episode that I'm recording called The Learner Holds the Pencil. And it's all about how the child needs to be the one holding the pencil. The child needs to be the one, you know, doing for themselves. And and the and the main idea that I'm trying to get out of that is that there has to be a lot of margin in the day in order for that to happen because that takes time. When, mm-hmm. you know, a child who's a non-expert is learning a new skill, there has to be more margin in the mm-hmm. schedule and time in order for that to happen. And that happens at home. And also that's something that teachers definitely know because that has to happen in the classroom. And sometimes in your lesson plans and things, I'm sure that especially, you know, way back in the beginning of the year when the children were learning a new routine, it was all about just learning that routine, you know, and putting enough margin and time in to make that happen. And allowing for the practice and allowing for the repetition of, okay, we we were – Two steps closer, but we still we need we need to do that one more time, and allowing for that kind of reflection and growth. Well, Danielle, that's so good, and thank you so much for again for taking the time out of your um, long weekend to chat with me about teaching. I really really appreciate it, and you have said some really great stuff that I think is going to be really helpful to people, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. You are so welcome. I'm so excited to listen to your podcast and that you're going down this adventure. It's great. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, I've used up all our time, so I'll let you go. But I, um, I'll i let you know when your uh, episode's coming out, okay? Okay, great. Have a good weekend. All right. Okay, you too. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. I love Danielle's full circle teaching story where she starts out in first grade with her magical first grade teacher. I just love that. And it ends up with her as a first grade teacher. And I'm sure she's magical as well. And she, it wasn't a straight shot from one to the other. It was a journey with ups and downs and um, disappointments and um, uncertainty 
and she reached her goal and her dream and I'm so happy for her and I love what she shared with us about um, the best ways to appreciate her as a teacher and I'm sure that could translate to other teachers as well and how she wants to be a team with parents and I really loved how she um, the advice that she had for us outside of the classroom and how it's helped her inside the classroom where she allows the margin and the time and the routine and the practice for students to gain independence and I mentioned in my interview that I was going to put that within an episode called The Learner Holds the Pencil and I've decided actually to hold off on that material and I'll release it to you later because um, I didn't want to cut out any more of what Danielle um, was sharing with us and I think she just really said it well and uh, it's a good reminder for me (laughs) when I'm trying to get my kids out the door and um, deciding I don't have time to let them put on their own shoes or buckle their own uh, seatbelt and help them with that or zip their own jacket and how sometimes I'm in a rush and these are precious moments and I know and she mentioned too that sometimes it happens where we just have to get something done but how we could remember to have that patience and margin in the day where the person who is being trained has the time and space that they need to be trained and uh, it was just a really good reminder and I'm really thankful for Danielle to take a risk and come on this podcast and and share her story and her insights with us. I really appreciate it, and I know you all do too. So thanks again, Danielle, and thank you all for listening. Another thing that teachers know is they know to celebrate milestones. So this is a milestone moment for me. It's March 5th, and so I will be celebrating tonight with my family the launch of this podcast, and I wanted to bring you in on the celebration as well. One thing teachers sometimes like to do is throw a pizza party, so I want to throw you a pizza. If you go to the show notes, you can receive my recipe for a cast iron skillet pizza. I love my Lodge cast iron skillet and they are not a sponsor of the podcast, but what if they were? Wouldn't it be awesome if I had a sponsor one day? That would be pretty cool. But go there, get the recipe, throw yourself a pizza party because this is an awesome day. If you're looking forward to next week's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is, especially in the first few weeks of a podcast coming out. So thank you so much for your support. Are you making a podcast? Yep, I'm making a podcast. What do you think of that? I think that's good.